The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Are you ready to move from your good life to one that is amazing? Then you've tuned in to the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you the tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is amazing. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and thanks so much for listening in to our show today. And a special shout-out to all of you that continue to share it with your, your friends and your social media um, avenues. We really appreciate it. We have people listening in around 117 countries now, offering tools of how to move from good to amazing. I've been really looking forward to having our guest today, Reverend Sean Moniger. Reverend Sean is an immensely successful minister, Unity of Norwalk, Connecticut. He walks his talk, and he is definitely um, a role model for a lot of people in the ways of spiritual practice. Sean, thank you for being on our show today. It is my pleasure. I'm so excited to be on your show. (laughs) Well, I know you yourself, you have your own radio show as well. It's weekly, isn't it? It is. We're on hiatus right now. So okay. my sabbatical ends. I think I'm coming back in either December or January, but you, at thegoodshow.com, you can listen to all the archives. Okay, good. Goodshow.com. Well, yes, I the love good show talking Reverend to Sean. you, and I love hearing about how you are uh, sharing the good word with so many people about spirituality. And talk a little bit about yourself. Tell us some things about you and how in your own life you have moved from good to amazing. Well, you know, at first I found out I was good, because <laughs> I didn't always know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I had uh, some people who had have, uh, been through many of the challenges I had been through, and one night, I, and I, I had believed in God, you know, uh, this divine presence since I was a kid, but I didn't understand it so well until really Emmett Fox explained it to me in the Sermon on the Mount. But I heard this man in, in a room one night of a group of healing individuals say, God has better things in store for you than anything you could ever imagine. And I could imagine some pretty wild things. And I thought, better than that stuff. But it was all stuff. But because I couldn't imagine serenity at that point. And then one day I discovered serenity and I thought, but I, I, I like this better than anything you could imagine. And so if everybody imagines and keeps imagining, and it's always better than that. And that is how I went from good to amazing. I found, somebody told me I was good. Actually, it was my first service at Unity. Paul Tanalia told me I was good when he talked about Leviticus. 
And I'd always suspected I was good, but I didn't know how because my mother forgot to remind me of that. And and so to, to know I'm just good. It, uh, if I never get better than that, good is great. It's the capital G, and it has no opposite. I work with kids. I had a place called Boys and Girls Village every week. And two weeks ago, I was up there to lead up meditation with them, and I talked about this good. And one, one 11-year-old boy raised his hand, and he said, is the good that you're talking about, like that we're all equal? I said, why, yes, oh, it is. Oh, how powerful is that? It is. It's not that some of us are more privileged. We're all equal of the same good of God. And when I found that out, I never had to feel less than again. I found out I wasn't one of those abominations to God and man. Yeah, that God wasn't so disappointed in us and, you know, wanted to do a do-over because of how we turned out to be. I I remember those words, too. It was just like I can still feel the vibration to this day. I wasn't quite 20 years old. And um, along the way, somebody kept, you know, sending me little, giving me books like um, As a Man Thinketh or... Uh-uh. Um, Richard Bach, you know, illusion yeah. and uh, how to find your soulmate, you know, and all those kind of things that were just so aha, you know, that was coming at the time of when we were just getting started with Shirley MacLaine and, you know, all that other energy. And I just remember sitting there for the first time and hearing those words, you are a child of God and God loves you. And I thought, you know, I, I've never heard that. I've always well, exactly. heard that. And my I teacher told me God couldn't not love me. Mm. God had no option. It's not like God could decide to not love me. And that was the relief. It's like, oh, God is just love. And therefore, we're, 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 if I'm made in the image and likeness, then I'm love too. Even if I'm not very nice. And even if I'm having a hard day. God is love, and so am I. And that's the amazing part to me, is I, God doesn't care if I have this job or that job. Doesn't, God doesn't care what kind of car I drive. I do, <laughs> <laughs> but God doesn't. And so we're off the hook. We're not going to lose. No one is going to lose. And so, as our, one of my teachers says, we might as well go ahead and have fun. Do you agree? I agree with what Edwin Gaines says. If, you're, if your pumps aren't sweating and if you're not having fun, then you've got it all wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Edwin's the one I was thinking about when I brought that up. It's like, it's, we're allowed to have fun. Life is a playground. I always tell my congregation, I live like I'm on vacation. I, I come to work where I, I, it's like playtime, and then I go to lunch with interesting people and have interesting conversations. And, and it's, that to me, one person said, but you spend all that money. I said, well, it's a great investment in my day going out to lunch. I, that's, that's an important part of my day. And then often I go out to dinner with interesting people and have interesting conversations. And that's, that's how I like to live life. And I find it frightens some people <laughs> that, that I like to live life like I'm having a good time. But I was promised, was absolutely promised, that the kingdom is within me and I do not have to fear the kingdom. 
that Unity calls itself a school for practical Christianity. We call our church for practical spirituality because, you know, that word Christian scares people these days. <laughs> we get lots of opportunities to practice, don't we? I love the idea that you're talking about, the premise that spirituality is life where you are on vacation. Yeah. And that's such a powerful reality is to think about that. I remember a number of years ago, um, my partner and I, we were in Turks, Caicos, and and we were, you know, walking the beach every day, and we were sitting in the thatched hut, uh, you know, drawing, and we were, you know, going by the pool, and we were blah, blah, blah. You know, we were just mm-hmm. doing this wonderful vacation time, and we looked at each other, and it was almost at the same time, you know, how insane you become with, with someone. And we looked at each other, and we said, and why do we feel that this is any different than what we have at home? We have the pool, we have the beach, we have the area that we can sit and we can draw. It's just the way that we hold that paradigm for ourselves. And yeah. so from that point on, it was like living this life of that we're on vacation and that um, you know we're making choices every day of doing things that we love and being in that joy and that fulfillment of spirit and the excitement about, about the mystery. That was another thing that I observed uh, with you and in connecting with you is that I love the way that you are able to sit and live in the mystery of what's going to unfold. So many people, you know, they say, well, you know, I, I don't have any great surprises in my life happen. Well, they don't ever leave any room in their calendar. You know, it's so booked hour to hour to hour. And I, I like that about you did you have to go through a process where you could get comfortable not being in control all the time or well was there i had to find way? out i wasn't in control ever <laughs> <laughs> you know these people i have to let go of control really when did you think you were in control <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it, that that's complete illusion that my life is booked i'm booked solid but like when i was here with you that was my booking is to hang out with temple that was my schedule that day, to hang out, we'll go to lunch, we'll talk, we'll drive over here, we'll go over here, we'll go see these people. You know, it wasn't that it had to be done by a certain time, but that was my booking for that day or those days. And look at how I, I know I grew, I'm trusting that you grew, with just us hanging out, driving from the airport, talking, visiting, comparing opinions, comparing notes, as it were, on our story. And I, I was so thrilled that when you came here, you didn't have to go into New York City or anything. You just, you're, it was all about connection with us. That was your agenda. Is connection. To me, that's what, that's what intimacy is all about, you know, is to create a space that you can really get to know people and not be so preoccupied with all the other things and the comings and the going and spirituality as we, as we know in order to to move more into that amazing life is about learning how to be rather than always needing to do um, and to have that space to allow things to unravel, you know, and to unfold. And that's where I do my best learning is in the richness of conversation and making new connections and 
developing friendships. And I, I noticed that about your congregation too. They're, they all model that same way of being, just this blissful joy about life. Not that I'm sure that from time to time they don't have challenges, but they're just so upbeat about the possibilities of, you know, what life can be. And I always tell people that life is only going to be as excited about you as you are about it, <laughs> you know, well, and it's, it's, well, to me, and I'm so glad your, your show is this topic, you know, going from good to amazing because amazing isn't going to happen. Amazing isn't the future. Amazing is now. If I'm willing to think that way. And if I'm not, then I'm always waiting for it to become amazing. This is going to have to happen, and this is going to have to happen before I can have an amazing life, and then I never get to have the amazing life. I cheat myself out of it. I'm going through a terrific challenge right now with a couple of people who are who, who have a grudge. And I'm kind of excited to see how it turns out. You know, every day I wake up thinking, okay, so what, what's going to take place today? Who's, who's going to say what and who's going to, you know, how, how, how will the end result be in the physical world? I know, already know how it's worked out in the spiritual world. It works out in love. But in the physical world, we have a lot of appearances that aren't love. And so we have to, and so it becomes a game. It's like, ooh, who's going to say what today? And what am I going to think today? Am I going to seek God first, or am I going to, or am I going to seek my ego first? Yesterday, I had I had a dealing, and I I was afraid, and so I sat down with my iPad and I began to journal with the Holy Spirit. It's how I do it, and I said, "Okay, Spirit, I'm afraid. So tell me what to think about this." And Spirit said, "It's not your job to fix it, Sean. It's your job to love God." It's, your not, it's not your job to create health. It's your job to love health, or to love God. Everything that I think is mine to do, it isn't. That's, that's God's to do. Mine is just to love God. And when I love so, God, I'll know exactly what to think, what to say, and what to do. That's a very powerful way of, of looking at that in, in a, a way that I'm sure of many of our, of our listeners today can absolutely relate, because... It's so easy for anybody at any given moment to get into a place of, of someone being against us. And I, I love that, you know, idea that nothing or no one can be against me. My, my job is to love God. That's so powerful because we can't change what people think or what they feel or the assessment that they've made about who we are. You can, you see people sometimes or I do counseling or life coaching with people that they just spend years of their lives trying to convince somebody of something um, that's an illusion in the, in the first place. Have you heard that new serenity uh, prayer, God grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change, the courage to change the one I can, and the wisdom to know it's me? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I had always defined that prayer as. I'm glad somebody put it down on paper. <laughs> I think it was Mr. Anonymous. You know how good he is. <laughs> <laughs> I like Anonymous. <laughs> but to, I, a week ago, I decided either God is, I heard the voice that said, either God is or God isn't, Sean. Decide. And so I decided God is. And if God is, then no one's against me, even though it looks like that. And what I really realized is, oh, these people 
who it seems like they're against me. What it is is they must be my angels, and what they're saying is, you're not going back to sleep, Sean. You will not go back to sleep. You're going to wake up and you're going to stay awake. You're not going to go unconscious again, Sean. You're going to know God. And we're not going away until you do. That's such a powerful way of holding it, too. Because when you think about these people in our movies, you know, of 7 billion people that we get to choose from, the ones that find us, that offer us such inner growth and teaching, is pretty powerful, isn't it? Yes, it is. Now, somebody sent me this positive thought for the day a couple of days ago, and I, I read it to the church on Sunday. And let me, tell, let me ask you and, you and your listeners if they, they agree. It says, when you feel that nobody loves you, nobody cares for you, everyone is ignoring you, and people are jealous of you, you should really ask yourself, am I too sexy? <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Read that one again. That's powerful. Read it again, Sean. Okay. It says, when you feel that nobody loves you, nobody cares for you, everyone is ignoring you, and people are jealous of you, you should really ask yourself, am I too sexy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I laughed when I heard that. That is so <laughs> profound and so so true. You know, it's like Ralph Waldo Emerson said that. You know, if people aren't talking about you, you know, you're just somewhere in that safe place. You know, because um, if that's part of the life experience is to to make a lot of noise and to uh, give people something to talk about, right? <laughs> well, that's what I, I fear. I must be getting really big, and I don't mean physically. <laughs> If people are, are, are starting to have problems with the way I live my life, I must be living really well. <laughs> that's it. You're pushing some buttons out there, and that's part of what a great leader is doing from time to time. Well, we're talking today with Reverend Sean Moniker from Unity of, of Norwalk, Connecticut. He has his own radio show, and you can go and listen to the archives of that show. And um, tell me the name of the website again, Sean. Oh, www.thegoodshow.com. Thegoodshow.com. I'm Temple Hayes, and you're listening to From Good to Amazing. I want to thank all of you that continue to support Unity Online Radio, the voice of the awakening world. We'll be right back after this break. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Michaels, host of The Prosperous Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, 
Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on earth, a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. Unity Online Radio is turning five this year, and we're throwing the biggest bash of all. A cruise to the Caribbean, November 10th through 17th, 2012. We'll celebrate in style aboard Holland America Line's Eurodam, with sunshine, fine dining, and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the Eastern Caribbean. Plus, feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation. Your favorite host will be there. And we hope you join us, too, as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, go to www.unity.fm slash cruise. Thank you for tuning in for From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at amazing at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. And I've been spending this time talking with Reverend Sean Moniker. His uh, website for his Unity Center is unitycenterps.org. That's unitycenterpracticalspirituality.org. And, Sean, it's a pleasure to have you on our show today. And one of the things that um, we talk a lot about in Unity and in New Thought is change your thinking and change your life. Uh, what are some of the tools that you work with that offer you the ability to be a big thinker? Well, I will often ask myself, Sean, like, I don't know about you. I have been known to have arguments in my car, and I'm the only one in the car at the time. I, I think I, I heard about somebody like you doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, as I said, David Love said that I, one day in church, I said, I was having this argument with David the other day in the car, and he wasn't in the car with me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, but I, I finally broke, I, I have two ways of interrupting it. One, I will either ask myself, Sean, do you really want to be right about this? Do you want to be right that you are wronged in the world? Is that your prosper? Are you going to limit your prosperity to that? And the other is I because I was taught that God was love itself. Years ago, I started interrupting my the arguments in my head with just love, 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 love. And that's great when you're in traffic and you start having thoughts of that you're unsafe or that you're that you know that people are out to get you or they're bad drivers. It's just love, 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 love. I find I am very safe on the highway when I do that. It, it, but the, it's to interrupt the thought as quickly as possible, because otherwise you're going to define your life as dangerous. You're going to define your life that people are out to hurt you, or that people are inconsiderate, or what, you know whatever it is. But to interrupt that thought, even if you go back to the thought afterwards, you interrupt it again. 
and eventually you're in the ha- you're just in the habit of interrupting those thoughts that you don't want to have and it's and and then you start to set yourself free because you're not beating your body up and all the cells in your body and everything up with those thoughts that people are bad people are stupid people are idiots i once told some people you cannot afford to have any more idiots in your life and it took them a year before they understood that it meant just quit calling people idiots. They thought they had to get rid of the people instead of sure. to behold the Christ in them, or however you want to look, use the term. They, they thought it meant get rid of the people, get rid of all the idiots instead of quit calling them idiots. Because in doing that, we continue to attract and attract and attract that very same thing over and over and over redundantly in, in our lives. Well, and that was like... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. That was like one of my greatest moments when I got the safe driver, you know, put on my driver's license because I had spent many years as an alcoholic trying to drive behind the wheel. And I don't need to tell you that. <laughs> that didn't go very well. I mean, I always tell people in our congregation that I actually helped give them the idea for off-road terrain, but I didn't get any royalty <laughs> checks for that idea, that's for sure. But um, to just have a whole different space because I think that you do get to know a lot about people and watching how they drive. You know, how they drive in an automobile kind of equates to how they drive through life. You're, you know, you're so right. I mean, in hospice, they say that people die the way they live. But as a spiritual person and as a spiritual person, I would say that that's true. Watching people drive has a lot to do with the way that they go through life. And you see some people just behind the wheel, you know, doing sign language out the window and, you know, blowing the horn and just push, 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 push. And um, it's so free to give up that and to be in that in that space of just allowing and letting go of that energy. Yes, but it's also frightening to give it up because then who are you going to be? If, if You know, to realize... I have been making these. I've been investing in how how wrong everybody is, and I always tell people sell short on those investments. Sell mm-hmm. short on your grievances and start investing in that the world loves you. You don't have to know how they love you; just accept they love you. As, the, as God is for me, nothing could be against me, and therefore everything and everyone is for me. It's one of my affirmations. And and it's uh, it works. It works to change my thoughts, to keep interrupting my thoughts, no matter how many times a day I have to do it. And, and you know, I, the the twelve steps have it the right way. There's a wonderful promise in the twelve steps that says, if we do our work of recovery, which is forgiveness, it's all forgiveness work. When it comes down to it, every single step is a forgiveness step. But there's a promise that says, we will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. No matter how far down the line we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. And that is a promise that can be used whether you're in the 12 steps or not. That's a God promise. And so take that God promise and realize, oh, there's a path to freedom that I haven't considered yet. Uh, have you? Let me ask you this, Temple, as a minister as a spiritual leader, how many people come to you and say, Temple, please take me to the brink of my discomfort level? <laughs> do you get many people asking you to do that? No, they ask for what makes them comfortable. 
Absolutely. How many people really desire to go into the wilderness? You know, the land of not knowing. It's horrifying. How Jesus did it, I will never know. And, uh, so, well, I do know because I've gone through it a few times. I think quitting smoking was one way. <laughs> uh, and when I came out of the wilderness, the first thing I heard my ego say was, oh, now you can light up. It's like, no, I didn't, I didn't quit so I could still smoke. And, I, you know, I didn't stop drinking so I could drink safely again. And I, didn't, I, I did all that not to just not do these things. I did all these things so I would know God better. And, and I don't do it so I can know religion better. I want to know God, what it is, that silly word, God, that we don't understand what it is, and the more we define it, the smaller we make it. And that's a very valuable point that you're making. When, when you step into the place that says, I'm ready, I'm ready for a greater life. I'm ready for, you know, a more dynamic experience. I'm ready to move from ordinary to extraordinary or, or however one languages it. I think the thing and the, the key that, that you're articulating is that when you make that kind of statement, Equally and simultaneously, there must be a willingness for certain things to change. They must change. So if I'm having thoughts, God is loving, and I am an expression of God, therefore I am loving, and God is expressing through me as a loving being, to say that year after year after year and not anticipate that I'm going to give up some addictive things or make some changes in some relationships that I've had that are very toxic. I think that's where a lot of people's pain comes from is that they want to have their cake and eat it too, if you will. They want to say, I want this amazing, but yet I'm not willing to give up some of the things that I've known as my comfort zone. And it, it, it creates a lot of hardship. I would like to be wealthy without the consciousness of wealth. Yes. I've heard many people say, you know, they're diagnosed with a with a a, uh, an illness that would be considered a death sentence. And I've heard people in Unity say, "Well, I'm just going to myrtle it." These are usually people without health insurance who say this. And it's and I say, "You really want to myrtle it?" you know what it means to myrtle it, myrtle Fillmore it? I mean, that is a total surrender to the invisible, to the unfamiliar. It's a total daily, moment-by-moment surrender to what you don't know. I love that Myrtle said, owing to a lack of understanding of the health laws, neither of us was as healthy as we ought to have been. And so she surrendered to get understanding. Because she wanted to know what life in the physical body would be like if she stayed in it a while longer, and that is that is brutal. It's just brutal. It's very rewarding and gratifying, but it's brutal to the psyche and the ego to just. I mean, I had to do it because it was that or suicide for me. I am surrendering to what I don't know. Fine, if it hurts, if I cry. When I was quitting smoking a couple of years after I stopped drinking, and I, because it was in the way I had too big of an ego to think I could get cancer, but I knew I wasn't praying as deeply as I wanted to. And when I say pray deeply, I mean connecting to my confidence, to my assurance. 
And so I and I thought, but if I quit smoking, I'll never be able to talk on the phone again. If I quit smoking, I'll never be able to drive again. And I thought, fine. I surrendered that. If I can't drive again, then I won't drive again. But I won't smoke, and I and I won't be inconvenienced by cigarettes or the distraction of them. And that's how I got willing. And I was terrified, but I was willing to do whatever it took. And I haven't smoked in over 17 years. I haven't drunk, drank in 19 years. And it's, but there's no virtue to me in not drinking if you're not going to do something with it. You got to live sober. And that's that's tough stuff. There's a wonderful book out called Living Sober. I recommend everybody in the world read it, whether you want, whether you drink or not. What do you think about that? I think that uh, coming in on 25 years of being sober, that I wouldn't trade experience for anything. And um, I, it's just so profound when I look at you know my life and how. I was showing up by not showing up for so long, you know, just totally toxic, medicated through alcoholism and and cigarettes. And it's just so much um, being preoccupied. You know, there's no way you can be present when you're just so um, medicated or you're having that oral fixation all the time with um, that addiction. And I've, I wouldn't pay for anything. I, there's no amount of money in the world or an experience that would be worth um, giving up my sobriety. I find great joy from it. It's, there's nothing more hysterical than, than living life um, <laughs> and being present and being conscious. You know? Yes. It just really is um, the most amazing uh, gig on earth. And uh, I'm very grateful. And I'm very grateful that that I had the experience. I, I totally, you know, forgiven myself for the fact that I was so unconscious for so many years for the pain and suffering that I put other people through and, you know, those kind of things. So you do make amends. But on the other hand, um, I'm grateful for the experience because like you, when I, when I stand up and I talk to a group of people about making changes, when I talk to people about, you know, working with addiction, um, they can really get that I've I've walked through some of it myself. I'm not just you know somebody that listened to a couple of tapes or CDs and read a chapter in a book and started to become a, a motivational speaker or a spiritual leader. I've really had some of those experiences in my life, and I think through that it gives people other people hope, you know, that they can they can be in that. We've had many people along the way and our congregation here through the nine years that I've served, uh, you know, sometimes people don't stay and um, because they, you know, they get to that crossroads of making changes and they're just not willing to do it yet. And I think that's important as spiritual leaders. It's not always what we're doing wrong. It's what we're doing well, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I am convinced because you know, Edwin Gaines is, is one of my main mentors and, uh, along with so many others, because I believe it's important to have mentors, as they say, stick with the winners. And the winners are, the, for, are different for all of us. Uh, there, you can't define what a winner is, but I know the winner when I see what it's one who's practicing what I have a longing to practice and I'm afraid to practice. And, and so I, uh, but, but, but to, oh shoot, I forgot what I was going to say there. 
Old Temple, and it, it was it was thrilling. <laughs> well, it was probably something in relation to Ed Wade. I think you're going to highlight something. That, oh, I know what it is. Maybe? You know, a lot of people like to use the threat of death as the way to 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 not do what we would call bad behavior. And to me, there's nothing wrong with death. There is absolutely people have been dying since the beginning of time. It's like okay, you know, if you want to leave, go ahead and leave. It's, that that's not a big deal to me. I, I I but I do think that not living well is a sin. Mm-hmm. That's the sin is in not living well. One should live well every day of their lives with their challenges. Go ahead, we have our challenges. Stuff's going to come up. Uh, and we're going to feel a certain way about it. As I say, I don't know much about life, but I know what I like. And so I, I but just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's bad. doesn't mean it's hopeless. So how can I live well today? How can I seek to think differently? How can I embrace God and peace and joy and desire to know the truth? Years ago, I, I, I was, David and I were having some problems. Uh, David, David was going through just, just a tremendous amount of pain. And, you know, he, ha- he was having growing pains in his 50s, terrific growing pains with his songwriting. And we were renovating our house, and we just moved into it. And I couldn't be present because I had my job. And I came home one afternoon, and he was in such pain. He was sleeping, and he was in pain. I could see it. And I finally said, and I didn't know what to do. And I wasn't very present for him, I admit so I went out in our backyard down by the river, and I prayed. And I said, okay, God, I'm afraid of the answer here. But how do I best serve David? And instantly I heard the answer, listen. And I knew then why I was afraid of the answer. I didn't want to listen. I wanted to hear words of wisdom to go fix him because I saw him as broken. And if he's broken, he's an inconvenience to me. That's my limited thinking. But I decided, okay, I prayed, I heard an answer, then go do it. And I, uh, I started listening after that. And whenever I don't listen is when we run into problems. And his healing process came about so fast after that because I became an active partner in our relationship. And he had someone he could rely on. He, he was finally heard. And so we served each other. But... I see now why I don't always ask in prayer for true answers, because I'm afraid of the answer. One day, years ago, I said, okay, God, I'm afraid of the answer, but what's up with my prosperity? What's wrong? Why is, why is my prosperity being blocked? And I heard instantly, you're spending habits. You're spending to create feelings rather than to live prosperously. I said, oh, okay, fine. I prayed. Now I know why I was afraid of the answer. Because I could med- I, I couldn't medicate now through shopping. That's and so I, true. We definitely yeah. get the answers when we ask for them, don't we? We do, and then we say, "Oh, that can't be it." Or my favorite thing we do is, "Okay, God, tell me what to think about such and such," and then we put our hand over our mouth and whisper out of the side of our mouth, "And tell me it's da 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 da." So we're telling God to tell us what. Well, exactly what to tell us instead of listening to the answer, listening to the highest voice within ourselves. And to be willing to act upon the answer that that we receive. I'm Temple Hayes, and we're talking today with Reverend Sean Moniker. You can visit 
either Sean's uh, former archives of radio shows on www.thegoodshow.com, or you can sign up and find out more about his wonderful spiritual community in Norwalk, Connecticut. It's Unity Center PS, as in Practical Spirituality, .org. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Thank you for joining us. Chris Michaels, host of The Prosperous Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on earth a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. When you truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting. No more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you are ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks, so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. We now return to From Good to Amazing with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much. And also, I just want to remind all of you that there's still time left for you to jump on the cruise with us with Unity FM, the radio host. You can go to unity.fm and find out more information. But we have very few seats left, so be sure and uh, contact us right away and Get your slot, your cabin on the cruise. We're going to have the most amazing time and celebrating great ideas and listening to great conversation and plus enjoying the vacation of our lives. I'm talking today with Reverend Sean Moniker, who is the spiritual leader, the minister of the Unity Center in Norwalk, Connecticut. He has his own radio show, thegoodshow.com. He features people from all over the globe. And Sean, we were talking earlier about being able to get to a place to be of service to other people, and you were talking about your experiences with your partner, David. I was uh, looking at a scripture, um, Matthew 5, 41, uh, where Jesus said, when someone forces you to go the mile, um, go the second mile instead. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about. Sometimes people enter our lives and they 
force us to go down roads that we're not necessarily comfortable with. But instead of just staying in that vibration and that place, the willingness to give all we've got and then some, it changes us. It really does change us. And yes. I know that, that you said that before. When you stopped trying to change David in the midst of that moment, what you realized is that you have been changed. And that's the part that I think people want to learn how to embody better is not changing someone else, but being willing to jump in feet, arms, like the hokey pokey, put your whole self in. And from that, you will be changed. Well, absolutely. Well, I think it's, it's not so much changing as becoming our authentic selves. Yes. Because, you know, allowing ourselves to become who we actually are inst- instead of who we have limited ourselves to think we are, that we're at the mercy of the thinking of another human being. And as long as I perceive you as broken, that's how you're going to behave with me. You may not behave that way with anybody else, but you'll behave that way with me. And it's, going to be, it's not going to be fun when we're together because you're not going to like how I see you and you're not going to like how you see yourself with me. So it, there's a, something to be said for that old uh, I behold the Christ in you or namaste is so, is so popular to say now, which is the same thing. And, and to, but to actually behold the Christ in another or the highest knowing about another. To what I, when I work with the kids, I always say to them, when somebody abuses you, it's because they forgot they were good. And when they forgot they were good, they forgot you were good. And, and that's all it is. And I say, now, you need to remember that you're good. And I, I need to call on you to remember that each other is good because there's going to be days when some of you here forget. Last week when I was up there, I said, who here is willing to remember that somebody is good when they forget? And possibly they may have to remind them. And about half the kids raised their hand. And I said to the other ones, I said, see, you have a friend here. You have friends who are willing to remember your good when you forget. And I love that, that they were even willing to do that. One day a couple of years ago when I was out for a couple of weeks and I came back and we're going around the room all admitting we're good, you know, I'm good in this circle. And I ask each one to say, what are you? And they say, I'm good, I'm good. And I said, remember, it's not how you feel or how you behave, it's what you are. And my supervisor said to me, oh, while you were away, one of the kids really went up, got upset and started throwing things and just having a major fit. And one of the kids wrote to her and said, he forgot he was good. I said, oh, they do Mm -hmm. listen. They do listen. And I, on a daily basis, I've noticed, forget I'm good at least once. Uh, And so to become willing to remember... I'm good whether I remember it or not. You're good whether you remember it or not. And it, but it is the good that has no opposite, capital G, and it's just what we are because we can't not be. And when I know that, it's much easier to forgive you and, and have different thoughts about you and myself and my parents. And, and so it's, I, I, suddenly life isn't such a burden and I don't have to hate myself or hate life anymore. And some people get very upset when you talk about that, you know, hating life or hating yourself. But we do. And it shows up in so many of our actions and the way we treat ourselves and each other. And I don't want to do that anymore. 
I don't want to be afraid of living. I want to really look forward to living. And because my teachers told me there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of good living to be done. And all I have to do is say yes to it. And that, that, is, that is my thought on that. How about you? Well, it's like you were saying earlier, you know, that, that some people put the emphasis on what's going to happen to them after they, they have died as far as a physical dimension. But there's also um, people that die a little bit every day by not fully showing up. Or they have a belief that um, their their energy is less because of the, you know, they're a certain age or because they've gone through certain trials and tribulations, which, as you know, and I've, I've shared with you, I mean, my passion is that in life we're to have more and more energy all the time than the energy that we were born with. But um, that's not something that's really race consciousness at this point. I'm hopeful that it will become that. But um, the secret of life isn't whether we'll live or die. It's really the parts of ourselves that we allow to die for living. And um, there's just such an immense gift in the thing called life, like you're saying, that um, to give it all that we have each and every day and not to just waste it, um, but to think big, you know, change our thinking to be um, a, a dreamer, to our thinking to think bigger, and um, you probably heard that you know statement too that all we're really asked to give up is the things that are making us unhappy. Yes. Oh, I know what you reminded me of earlier when you were we were talking about service. You know, being of service. I used to think that uh, if I don't hold all of the AIDS babies and if I don't feed all of the homeless. If I don't do all this, uh, then I'm really not being of service. Well, it was so overwhelming, I couldn't help anybody because of my thinking. And one day, I I learned a wonderful prayer, and it comes from the, it's actually the third step of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, and it's on page, I think, 64 of the big book. And it's the third step prayer, which says, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help, of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Well, I could only do do that prayer if I had a clue what God's will for me is. And fortunately, there was this woman who was in a healing practice who was just having a miserable time of it, and she would come in nightly and rant and rave, and she would end each one of her shares with, but I know God's will for me is to be happy, joyous, and free, so I'm just going to keep coming back. And I thought, God's will for me is to be happy, joyous, and free. I did not know that. That was not preached around my house. And so I thought, well, if God's will for me is to be happy, joyous, and free, then that prayer takes on a whole new meaning because that means because I was taught my life is to be one of service, and I was frightened of that, but... Yeah, that prayer, what that tells me, by God, I offer myself to thee to build with me, do with me as thou wilt. I offer myself to thee so that I may be happy, joyous, and free. There's no sacrifice in happy, joyous, and free. There's just being. And so happy, joyous, and free. And then I'll go through this fast. That I may be happy, joyous, and free. Relieve me of the bondage of self, which is my victim. Take away my difficulties, which means my rent will be paid. But it's so that victory over my problems may bear witness to those of my help. So it tells me my having a great life that is lived in integrity is 
service to the community because then I'm a strong power of example of God at work. And a great life can make I mean a lot of money, it can mean no money, depending on what you like. Depending on, on what what how your happiness comes about. But a wealthy consciousness. And I I like I like a wealthy consciousness, quite frankly, because then I'm not afraid anymore. So I like a wealthy consciousness too. I'm with you on that. And, but I, and I also love the point that you're making because often you know people when they look outside themselves and they look at conditions in the world and things like that, they they tend to think you know that they'll never be able to do enough. Um, yes. It's kind of like that old um, that 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 we've heard before that I went out and I, you know, went to change the world and I wasn't really getting anywhere. And then I, you know, went to change a country and then I wasn't really getting anywhere. And it just keeps going until, and then I decided that I would, you know, do something different with myself. And because of that, then everything started being packed and therefore the world was a better place. And I love what you're saying because in, in having that, you know, and that to me is exciting, and I, I get excited about the, the ability for people to talk more about prosperity, but not just talk about it, but actually exemplify it in their lives. That I think we've watered down, you know, some of the metaphysics and holding ourselves liable and accountable for a level of wealth and prosperity like Edwin Gaines is living out there, like you're living out there. Like, you know, that's what it's about is um, whatever has meaning, but more importantly, just really living big in our own capacity of what matters to us the most. Well, exactly. I did a Vipassana meditation a couple of years ago, you know, that 10 days in the silence, uh, 10 hours and 45 minutes a day on the floor. But one of the rules they have is that while you are there, well, you're committed that you will not kill another living thing. Now, and as far as accommodations go at the center up in Massachusetts, they have, in the nicer weather, they have outdoor tents or they have indoor rooms. And I had a request that I have to have an indoor room if you don't want me to kill another living thing because I'm not so big on the nature. Uh, freaks me out a little bit. It's, it's it's one of the healings I still have to have. And but another guy found out at the end when the silence broke. He said, "Man, when I got here, I found out some people sleep inside. If I hadn't gotten a tent, I would have left." His wealth was sleeping outside in a tent. Mm. My wealth was having a room inside. And so we, nobody can define what your wealth is. And so there's no point in anyone taking on the thought, oh, I'm not wealthy because I don't have that person's version of wealth. I think that's what, what one of the things that creates poorness, or, you know, the, the, the mindset of poor in, in this world, is the thought that, I don't have, that we don't have each other's definition of wealth, and therefore we mm-hmm. feel less than. That's really powerful, Reverend John Moniker. I'm telling you, that's um, that's a a great way of, of looking at it, and and that is so true of allowing everyone to have their space about what matters to them in the way of wealth, and not making someone wrong because they may enjoy material things or traveling all over the world or whatever it 
may be. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today, everyone. Uh, you're listening to uh, From Good to Amazing, and I wanted to refer you back to Reverend John's um, radio show. It's on the internet. You can listen to the archive, thegoodshow.com. You can also sign up and find out more about Sean's work and the classes that he offers. Community Center PS, that's practicalspirituality.org. Sean, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Uh, keep doing what you're doing in the world, and thank you for being a difference maker rather than a difference Well, maker. thank you so much, Temple. Really thank you, Unity FM, and it's been a delight. Thank you. God bless you, everyone, and thank you for being part of From Good to Amazing. Thank you for tuning in to From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Monday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern for more tools to move your life from good to amazing. This program is brought to you in part by Temple Hayes Ministries online at www.templehays.org and First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. Online at www.unitycampus.org. The Unity message is universal, uniting, empowering, and transformational. Carrying this message to the world with the power of music and song are scores of singers and songwriters who dedicate their extraordinary gifts to helping heal the world and spread the message of unity and oneness. These are the messengers of unity. We salute the messengers of unity. to Pazapalooza, Music That Matters with host Richard McDesey to hear the music and the artists who are changing the world one song at a time. Fridays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the quest for prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special, loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. 
In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course, because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the Mind Body Spirit. .fm podcast network